Praise God, dear brothers and dear sisters. Good, uh, that song, how do they say, good vibes. At ten, 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 I was like 10 years old at church camp, like somewhere in the, on the, by a campfire. That's, that's what I was thinking. I don't know. I, I like to sing like a song or two like that. Um, today, today's topic, I'm, I'm going to get into it, but I, I want to make a preface, kind of a warning, that it's, it's a weird topic to talk about. The topic is not weird. The way I'm going to go about it might be. You might not um, uh, have looked at these Bible characters this way, and I totally get it if you, after hearing my sermon, are like, you know what, I still don't agree with you that these characters were so united. I get it. For some reason, every time I, I read this passage, and the more I read about it, the more I, I see it in the scriptures. It's, it just, you know, it jumps at, at me, and I, I can't help myself. I uh, have a, a certain, um, there's certain characters, right, in the Bible that you read, and you're like, you just really, like, are intrigued by them, or you really like them. One of those characters, to me, a totally random character, and, I'm, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I want to meet Jesus, like, Everyone wants to be Jesus, Apostle Paul, and like who else? But there's like, you know, those smaller characters. And one of them is Joab, for me. Joab, from the Bible. Um, Joab was a general. Anyone know who Joab was? Um, Joab. Raise the hands. Woo, I am. This is going to be good. Because, man, you guys are not going to get um, a lot from this. I, I, I think so. But I'll try my best. Joab, I mean... I'm going to be preaching as if you, I thought I was going to be preaching as if you know who Joab was. But Joab is this general in the Bible. And you, you guys, especially the guys, you guys need to get to know Joab. Like, go read through some of the stories where Joab is and just stand in amazement at who this character is. He is, he is something else. But Joab wasn't by himself in the story. And I'm not just going to focus on Joab, although he will be the primary person I want to talk about. I'm also going to talk about his two brothers. And we're just going to study for the next, like, 30 minutes, Joab and his two brothers, um, Asahel um, and Abishai. So Joab is the oldest, and then there's two brothers. So interest, interesting thing about Joab, he was a general um, in the army of David. He was actually, I think, David's nephew. Don't quote me on that. But I think he was David's nephew. His mom was David's sister, so she probably was like, you know... 20 when David was like two, you know what I mean? And they kind of grew up. You guys, anyone here have nephews or nieces that are older than them? You guys know what I mean? Like some Russians have that. You're like, you're like, wait, you're the niece and he's older than than you. But it was, I think it was kind of that situation where Joab was about the same age or maybe older, uh, probably a little bit younger than David. If uh, indeed his sister was, uh, I mean, his mom was David's sister. And he had two brothers, and he, he like, as David kind of grew up and became the king of Israel, so did this guy Joab. And he, um, I remember talking with a friend, a friend, and we were like, who would you want to meet in the Bible? And I was, jo- I was like, Joab. And then I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, but I would want to meet him behind some kind of, like, some kind of glass where he can't get to me. And the, the, the boys who know their theology are, are smiling because... This guy, this guy was not playing around. Like, he was not a, my, my take on it is he was not a bad guy. He was not, like, evil inherently, but he was a guy of vision. He had a plan, and if you stood in his plan, if you just happened to be 
a bystander that stood in the way of his plan. <clears throat> it was not good for you. You know what I mean? Like you were, you were out of the picture and his plan was going to, what he wanted to do was going to happen and you were either dead or whatever, you know? That's the kind of guy he was. And I will go through him, uh, through, through his story. He killed a couple of guys in his life. They weren't just random people. They were like generals in the army. Like David would be like, hey, this guy's really smart. I want to make him my general. And, and Joab is David's general. And Joab would just like kill this guy and, and would just be like, well, I guess I'm still the general. You know what I mean? And just continue fighting David. And this happens all the time. And then David's like, you know, uh, how... Um, Abishai, Abishai is a really smart guy. Abishai, you're going to be the general. And then you read a chapter later, and somehow Joab's the general again. Abishai's not dead, because Abishai and Joab probably talked, and Joab's like, hey, you know what's the deal? He's like, dude, I know what's the deal. You're, you're going to be the general. I'm not the general. So somehow it all worked out. But Joab, a man of vision, a man of, I, would want, I want to say character. Um, a lot of the, even the killings that he does, they're not random. And um, he's, he's a man who is also very, um, has a very interesting thing. He is very um, loyal, loyal to his brother. Sorry, I spoke out. I, I talked a lot today, so I spoke out uh, most of my vocabulary, right? Guys have what, 10,000 10, words? I'm maxed out, so I'll be mispronouncing. Um, he, he, um, he was very loyal to his brother. To his both of his brothers and his first brother his youngest brother gets taken out of the picture the biblical picture pretty early on he dies and we're going to talk about him but his other brother Joab and his other brother Abishai man they did some damage they did damage I'm talking to the people to the kingdoms around Israel they were unstoppable like literally unstoppable I'm talking army wise both of them were in the army they did whatever they want, and no one could stop them from the other armies. Um, they were dangerous even within their own kingdom. There, but that thing about Joab, all right, he's this, he's this guy that, like, if he has a plan, he's going to do it. You don't want to stand in his way. If you stand in his way, people die, you know. But he's also extremely, like, he's focused, but he's extremely um, loyal, and he, he believes in doing things together. And I believe that one of the secrets of, of Joab is that he, he was um, unified with his brothers, that he did things together with his brothers. I do not believe that Joab would be who he was if he was just a one-man team, if he didn't have Asahel by him for the first part of his life, if he didn't have Asahel and Abishai who was with him for the rest of his life, if he didn't have those people with him, Joab wouldn't be Joab. Who was Joab? Um, I want to say the greatest general in the Bible, all right, that could be very well disputed because there's great kings from, and generals from Assyria, from all kinds of other places. I don't even know how to, like, I'm not even going to try to mention, like, pronounce their names, but there's these guys that are, like, historically known to be great generals. Joab, no one knows his name. I mean, people know his name, but he's not, like, a great historical figure. But if you look at the way that um, I mean, obviously, it was God's will for him to conquer that. But all those kingdoms that David conquered, most of them, Joab was conquering. And Joab would be like, hey, David, I'm like, I, like I, I just went through this whole land. I got, I think it was, I think it was the Moabites. Like, I'm almost finished up. I'm, I'm, I'm attacking their last main capital city. I've cut off the water supply. You want, if you want to just come down here, you know, break through, have the city named after your name. And we'll, we'll call it good. Like, and so David does that. He goes there. He gets the city. He, you know, gets the, key, the king's crown. Um, but 
Joab did all the work, you know what I mean? And this was like time after time. The Assyrians, Edom, every time something happens, David's like, Joab, David, Joab, go over there. Joab, go fight there. And this guy was just successful. He was so good at what he did. And my thing is, how was he so successful? How was he able to, um, to he, he wasn't a perfect person. And that, that's not what I'm going to try to say today. I'm not going to try to paint him as a saint, but I'm going to try to paint him as a person who believed in working together, as a person who uh, wanted to be unified by other people who had the same vision and who was able to do a lot of things through that. By, able, by, by working together, by not trying to be a one-man show, by not saying, I don't need anyone else, by working with his brothers, especially with his brothers, but with other people as well, um, he was able to be what I believe, in my humble opinion, the greatest general in the Bible. I get an amen. Everyone's like, you're right. <laughs> Greatest general in the Bible. I tell you, like seriously, study, study Joab's thing. This guy, this guy was something else in terms of being a general. So um, the three brothers, they're, they're also called sons of Zariah. Sons of Zariah. Sons of Zariah, you know what that translated? One, one of the main translations is um, balsam or balsam of Yah or Yahweh. So like oil, oil. Um, and and, and I, while studying this, that was just an interesting thing. I was like, that, that's weird. Because you guys know that, that song that we sing? Um, you know that song? And there's one part that says, um, Right? Like as oil running down the beard of Aaron when brothers are living together. Basically, the whole song is about unity, about doing things together. And one of the verses is like... Um, as the, the oil runs down the beard of Aaron, so it is um, for brothers to live in you. And that's not just made up. There's an actual verse in the Bible that says um, it is good for brothers to live together. It is good for brothers and sisters to live together, to do things together, to be of one mind. It is good. And it's like this oil that's running down. Um, I forget whose beard it's in the Bible, but in the song, it's Aaron's beard. Um, and that, that's an actual thing. That's like the Bible calls us to unity. The Bible calls us, and it's a good thing to be unified. Now, um, a little bit about Joab. One of the greatest generals in, in, in all history, I want to say the greatest in the Bible, but the scariest, one of the scariest characters in the Bible as well. Um, he killed, I want to say two generals, maybe three generals. Um, one of them he killed because that general killed his youngest brother. Asahel, who we're going to talk about. The other general he killed because David was like trying to replace him with him. And this was a general of the enemy army. So it makes sense, right? Like he's not killing random people. The general of the enemy army and David's like, yeah, you're going to be my general instead of Joab. And Joab is fighting for David. Joab's like, I don't think so. You know, like that's, not, that's not how it works. I'm fighting for you and you're going to take him and put him in my place. That's not how it works. Um, and then... Um, that, that's Joab. Abishai is the next brother. Abishai, um, so Joab is like this general, very smart, strategic. He's not a good, I don't think he's a good fighter. Um, it says that when um, Absalom was hanging on the tree, Joab, he threw, depending on what translations you read, but it says he threw three darts. Um, some translations say he threw three spears, um, and then he had his ten bodyguards kill um, kill Absalom. Like, he, he was more of a guy, like, he sits back, and he has stuff happening for him, and stuff happened for him. He was just a good leader, strategist in general. His brother Abishai was the opposite. I, I, I 
reading through the Bible, it's, it, he was part of David's 30, um, like, ninjas. I don't know what to call them. 30 um, strongest warriors. But they were, like, the top. There's actually a list in the Bible. Like, these are the best guys that David had. Here's the first 30. Nabishai was one of them. And Job is, by the way, is not in that list. Uh, uh, this guy killed, I forget what his feet were. Every one of these people had, like, this great thing that they did. But basically, he killed a bunch of people. Usually how you got on that list is you had to kill a bunch of people in a very short period amount of, your amount of time. And that's what Abishai did. He did that pretty well. He, he was the guy that... Um, he was, he was the guy that was, like, did less thinking and more fighting, you know, and he got stuff done. And that, so it's Joab, there's Abishai, and the third guy is Asahel. Asahel died early, but he was, he was, um, he ran really fast. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says he ran as fast as the deer or the doe. And he actually died chasing after um, an enemy general, who Joab later killed, and he was chasing after him, and um, he was like, you just, he's catching up to him. I don't know what this other general was on. Was he on a, a horse? Was he running by himself? But this dude, Asahel, just wasn't, probably wasn't the best fighter because he got killed uh, by, you know, supposedly an older person. But he uh, was like, that's what we know about him. We know not too much about him, but he ran fast. Now, three of them are always together. Abishai, Asahel, and Joab always are working together. And then Asahel dies. And the moment Asahel dies, Abishai, I feel like, and Joab become even closer. And from then on, you always, when you read about Joab, Abishai is somewhere. You're, it's, the Bible's always talking about Joab and Abishai's in the background. But whenever there's Joab, there's always Abishai in the background. And they're both working together. The, the Bible doesn't say that they're talking or this or that. But there's literally a place, I mentioned it, there's literally a place in the Bible where David tells Abishai, the second brother, hey, listen. This, this dude, Joab, is going around killing other generals, and I didn't tell him to do that. Like, it might be a good idea, but I'm, like, I'm the king, so you're going to be the general. Literally a chapter later, his, this, this brother supposedly has given over um, his general whatever to, um, to his brother. Because the Bible is like, oh, and the, the Bible's like, and the general of the army was Joab, after David had put Abishai as the general. These, these two brothers are working together. And this is, this is something interesting. This is something interesting. Um, and I'll, I'll go through a couple of points. But unity, and I'm going to talk about unity today. Brotherhood, being together, sisterhood. Brotherhood and sisterhood, you know, just being of one mind, of one spirit. Being together um, will mean that sometimes someone is like Joab and someone is like Abishai. That, that's what being together means. That's what being unified means. It means doing things just having a desire, and not putting yourself up first, but saying, we need to get this done, we have a vision, and let's do this, whatever it takes. Abishai is like, dude, you're the smarter guy to Joab. Joab is like, dude, I, I know I'm the smarter guy, but you're the better fighter. How about we do our thing, like the way it's supposed to be? And they, and they did it, and it worked very well. So number one, unity, this is my first point, unity does not mean no identity. A lot of times when people talk, especially in today's world and culture, when you say, oh, we need to be united, and you know what the big deal right now is? It's unity in diversity, right? Like, that's, that's everything. We, wanna, we want diversity, but we also want unity. You know, it's, it's kind of complicated. The, the, the idea is that when you are united, and I believe the Bible teaches this, you don't, bec you don't become less of you. You become more of you. Does that make sense? 
You become more of who you are. I become more of who I am when I am paired up with a church, with a cell group, with a youth group. When I am paired up with brothers and sisters in Christ, I myself as an individual become more of who God created me to be. And by the way, I will say that God wants us and made us in a way that we will only be who we truly are meant to be when we are together with other people, not by ourselves. When we are by ourselves, when we are isolated, we are nothing. We are easy takings for the enemy. We have no strength. We have no abilities to withstand. And a great example of that is Azahel. Azahel, so Abishai, if you remember, um, I'll, I'll share with you real quick. Uh, I think if you guys didn't know who Joab was, you will not know the story of Asahel. Asahel, basically, there's this, there's this fight. Um, it's a big fight. David and Je uh, Joab and his army are fighting against Saul's family and their army. And basically, Joab and Abishai are fighting together. Asahel, Asahel sees the general of the enemy army retreating because they're winning, and he decides to chase after him by himself. He decides to leave the group and chase after the general. He wants, he wants the crown. He wants, he wants to say, I killed the general. And so he's running after him, and the general is literally churning back to him. I don't know how you do this when you're running. So maybe he was on horseback, and he's saying, listen, don't, come, like, don't stop chasing me because I'm going to kill you. And the guy just continues to run. The Bible literally tells us this. The guy turns back another time and says, stop chasing after me. I don't want to kill you. What am I going to say to your brother Joab? He continues running. And the guy takes, it says, the butt end of the spear, the, the blunt end, and sticks him through. And the guy dies from just, I mean, it was, it was pretty gory back then. That's, that's how people die. But... That's what happens when you're isolated. And it's a, it's a scary, it, I don't want to paint like this over, I don't want to make it sound worse than it is. But it's, I want to say that that's, that's a pretty good example of what happens to people who are isolated. People who say, I can do Christianity by myself. I, I know what I'm after. I know exactly what I need. I'm going to do this thing by myself. It doesn't work that way. It was never meant to work that way. God's church is meant to, and, and it was created in unity, and it's meant to function by brothers and sisters working together in unity. That's how it grows. That's what the Bible says, literally, that the church grows because of unity. So unity does not mean that you do not have your identity. What do I mean by that? Joab? Being paired up with his brothers only becomes more of Joab. He only becomes smarter. He only becomes a better general. He only becomes, he only becomes better able to do what he's supposed to do. That is, you know, kill other people. For, for, that's what he was supposed to do. He was really good at that because, and, and conquer many kingdoms and do a lot of glory for God because that's what God told, him, God told uh, Israel to do. Because he was paired up, and he worked together with his brothers. Abishai, he became a stronger brother, um, I mean a stronger warrior, not because he tried, do, you know, tried doing something by himself. He, would, he was always with Joab. When he wasn't with Joab, he was always with David, always paired up or always working together. Um, and Asahel is kind of the, that example of someone who, who shows who they really are, but has like a really good start but no finish. We don't have the story of Asahel's, you know, later days. He never really did anything big. 
there's nothing like great written about him in the Bible as it is about Abishai and, and Joab. And that's because he decided to, you know, function by himself, work by himself. I can do this. And that's not how Christianity works. That's not how the church of Jesus Christ works. Number two, unity helps us, check this out, being united with brothers and sisters helps us stay humble and safe. And what do I mean by safe? Theologically safe, doctrinally safe, mentally and emotionally safe. Being united with other brothers and sisters helps us stay grounded, humble, and safe. So let's, let's talk about the, the humble, the grounded part first. Um, if you look at Joab, one of the things that amazes me the most about him is how insanely mathematical and level-headed he is in, like, every situation. It, it, I, I will not go down the list of times when Joab is literally in the middle of a crazy battle, and, and the Bible records, like, a short conversation of his, and he says the most logical and proper thing to say at that time, and it's so correct, what he says, and when they do it, everything works out. Like they're attacking a city, and a woman comes out and is like, hey, like, what, what do you, like, you know, every, the, the Bible, the way the Bible paints, paints that picture, just, let's just, I'm not going to tell you the backstory. There's just a city that they really want to take. Job is the commander, and it says that they're like, uh, the, the word that the Bible uses, they're like aggressively attacking the city from all sides. Like that city is going to be demolished very soon. A, a woman walks out and is like, why, why, are you, why are you doing this? Oh, no, she goes, can I speak to Joab? Joab walks up. He's like, are you? She asks, are you Joab? He says, I'm Joab. They start talking. And um, she's like, why are you trying to destroy God's heritage, God's inheritance? This is, this, it was one of Israel's city. There was this, just a traitor who was hiding in there. And, and, and Joab goes, Joab, he's like, Lord forbid that I try doing that. There's just a traitor in there. You give me his head. I stop all this right now. They throw down the head. Joab stops. I mean, just think about it. Just think about it. He saves so much lives, both of, of warriors in the city and outside the city. He gets exactly what he wants. He doesn't destroy any architecture or any kind of walls because they would still have to rebuild those walls. The city would still belong to him, to King David. You know what I mean? Just very level-minded, just able to think. And he amazes me. A lot of times... Um, even when David would do things incorrect, not a lot of times, but a couple of times, when David would do things incorrectly, David, the, the king that was, you know, after God's own heart, that had this close relationship with God, David would act almost on a whim, and Joab, when David was like, hey, go count the people, Job was like, whoa, 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 what are, you, like, what are you talking about? Why count the people? Why count, why make a census of Israel? May God bless you even more, but what are you talking about? And it, I'm like reading, and by the way, Joab was correct. David got punished, because, and David's like, no, you're going to go count. Joab was like, I'm not going to do it. He says, you're going to do it. Basically, Joab, Joab goes and does it. He still doesn't do it fully. He doesn't count the Levites and Benjamites. It has, tells you um, a lot about who Joab was. Like, he was like, I'll do it, but I'm, I'm still going to mess with your orders. And so he does it, and David gets punished. All Israel gets punished for that census. And I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm like, how can Joab be so grounded in all these times? How can Joab be level-headed? And I, I want to propose to you that it wasn't because Joab was so smart by himself. I want to propose to you that it wasn't because Joab just had all this information, like the law of God just written in him. I want to propose to you that it was those ten, I'm just painting a picture, but the Bible says he had ten bodyguards around him. I'm sure if he had 10 bodyguards around him, he liked to surround himself also with wise people, 
with wise friends, and with brothers. I'm, the way that Joab functions, he works together. And that is why he's able to always make the correct decision. He doesn't make a decision on, by himself. Sometimes he does. He'll, like, he'll kill a guy or two. But even when he kills the generals, he's still counseling with his brothers. He's still counseling with the people he trusts. He's still making the, the most correct decisions that even people, theologians to this day, read this place. Well, not theologians, but some people. And they're like, I can see where Job is going with that. That's a, it's almost like a smart move. So my, my number one is unity doesn't take away your identity. Unity, it actually helps you flourish. Being in a church, it helps you become more of who you're supposed to be. Being surrounded by a community and like actively plugging yourself into a community helps you become who you are meant to be. Number two is that unity helps you stay humble and, and um, grounded or theologically, doctrinally safe. Joab, I want to say, is a prime example. Um, those decisions don't come from one person. Those decisions come from having, being surrounded by the right group of people. And listen, listen, you cannot be, have friends if you're not a good friend to others. You cannot receive good counsel if you've just cut all counsel out of your life. And this is something that might be unpopular, but please hear me out. Please hear me out. Um, as, as youth, like, there were... There's this, there's this uh, guy that um, back in the day, he was like writing Greek stuff. And he was basically asked, he's like, dude, you're old. He was like very old. And someone asked him, dude, you're so old. I think it was Aristotle. Aren't you happy that like, I mean, aren't you sad that you, you're no longer young and just like able to do stuff and just, you know, like have energy? And the guy's like, the guy's like, I'm not because... All those passions, all those, those boilings of youth. And I was reading that, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, that's exactly how I feel sometimes. You know what I mean? When you're like, you just have all these desires. He's like, they've all died down. I don't want to resurrect them. I'm happy as I am. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more mature. I'm more grounded. Like, I can think more clearly. I'm not, I don't have all these hormones and, and, and uh, desires and, and all kinds of, um, like, dreams that are just totally off the charts in my mind. I'm just, I'm, I'm normal, you know what I mean? And that's the, that's the issue with us, young, young people. Like, I'm a young person. That's the issue with us. We got, like, so much things going on in our head, which is normal. We're, this is the time to sort it out with Jesus, but also with our parents. Also, and this is what I propose, with older people in our life that are able to speak to us, not as a friend and say, hey, yeah, go do that. Yeah, man. Like, you, you know, you say some, like, the most, the darnest thing, like, I want to do this. And your friends are like, yeah, you know, because they're, we're just, they're just like you, you know. They're like, they have the same mindset. You, we need someone in our lives who can, who can speak some wisdom into us. You know what I mean? Who can speak some, some counsel. could be like, wait, that is totally off the charts. That is like, wh what are you even thinking right now? Parents are one of those. But I would want to say that not even parents, um, a lot of people that I've talked to that do seem very, they do very well in life as youth. Their, their secret is having older youth, like, or young, young guys who are like married but are very mature in Christ, having them be their friends, but also the people that, that they open up to, and those people can speak down to them and say, this is wrong, this is right. And listen, we, 
Just check this out. We don't like that. Like, I don't like that. We want to have people that say, yeah, you're the best. Go get him. You know, do it. That, that's your plan? Yes. You know, but we need people in our life that will um, speak godly wisdom into our life. We need people into our life that will say, hey, no, that's not a good idea. Or that will, you know, be straight up with us and say, dude, or, or, or ma'am, like, where are you at? I, you know, I've, I haven't, I haven't, you know, seen you at prayer service in, in two weeks. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, you know, seeing your, your Bible reading plan activity. Like, come on, like, I need answers right now. And you need to answer to that person. And I'm, I'm reminded of the first time, the, the reason I say that, the first time I, the reason I believe in the Bible app is because the first time I got into the Bible app a couple of years ago, after New Year's, I'm like, I'm going to do the Bible plan. I, I, I log on, and Alex Labadianik becomes my friend. And the moment Alex Labadianik becomes my friend, and that's the only friend I have. You know, like, it was like literally the next day. And um, I was like, I forgot about it, and a couple of days later, I'm like, I'm going to start a plan, a Bible reading plan. And so I start a Bible reading plan, and it asks me, do you want this to be seen by others, or do you want it to be private? And I, without thinking, say, yeah, seen by others. I'm just clicking through, and then I get this cold sweat because I'm like, oh, what did I do, Lord? <laughs> this is going to be difficult because this is a whole year Bible reading plan, and I, and, and I have, it, it wouldn't matter if it was one of you, right? It wouldn't matter if it was one of us. Like, if, if it's a friend, you know, who cares? They're, they're not going to keep me accountable or even though they'll say, hey, how's your Bible reading plan going? Pretty good. Yeah, you know, I'm just, but, but. I knew that that's, that wouldn't be the case. And even if he probably wouldn't tell me anything, but just knowing that he was my friend, I was like, no, I'm going to have to read the Bible this year. And you know what I did? I, I read the Bible that year. That's exactly what I did. And I read the Bible the next year and then the year after that. And, and it helped me. It helps to have um, mature people that can speak like godly wisdom into our lives. And that takes our initiative. That takes our initiative. There's... Um, uh, that takes me being willing to open up, not to someone who's just going to pat me on the back and say, oh, everything's okay, no worries, you're going to make it through it, to someone who's going to sit down and say, hey, you're wrong here, you need to do this, you need to change that, and that hurts sometimes, but that's exactly what I believe we as young people need, seriously. Um, can I get a one quiet amen? Just a quiet amen, <laughs> because, I mean, it, 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 might, it does hurt a, a little bit. Um, Yes, the, this, this concept, by the way, that I mentioned, uh, being unified, so when I'm talking unity, I, I, you guys, if you guys followed me, I was talking about like cell groups and youth, and then I totally randomly went to like from, you know, in, intra-youth to like youth and like older people. The unity that I'm talking about isn't just youth amongst youth, it's youth amongst everyone in the church. You know what I mean? Youth. And it's like, how do we fit with older people? How do we fit with the middle-aged people? Well, that is exactly how we fit. We can't, we, first of all, we can't think more of ourselves than who we are. We're, we're young people. But the second thing, we have to understand that they're there for a reason. Like, they're there to help us. We're here for a reason. We're here to, to learn. And so that, that's how it works. And that's the best way that it's going to work, is if we learn from them and we allow them to to teach us. Uh, same thing works in schooling. Um, if, if any one of you is like really into schooling and is like has like graduate school in mind, you'll know that the way to make it isn't just to get good grades, is to become, um, is to somehow get a professor to be your mentor. 
That is the way to succeed. So you can have good grades. That's one thing. But just as big of a step is to be so into it that you don't just get good grades, but you also are like office hours and reading the, the professor's articles that are extremely boring that no one really cares about. But you read them, you know, every detail. And then when you're talking, you're just like, yeah, you know, like that article you wrote, you know, and you're, you, you, you mentioned the things that they are like living by, you somehow sucker them into mentoring you. And people in college, they literally think of schemes of how to get a mentor, how to get someone to like teach them how to write articles and how to do this whole college thing and how to get better grades and how to like have other professors to like them, right? Why don't people get that in, in university and sometimes we don't get that in, in church even, you know what I mean? Same thing goes to work. You sometimes start a new job and a smart way to start your job is just to, you know, get a couple of people that are, have, are already there for years and you just kind of are under their wing. You're, you know, you might maybe buy them coffee or get them some cookies, whatever is the thing and have them like, like teach you and lead you into all the places, you know, and like be like introduce you. And, and that's one of the ways people at work, they want that, you know. I, I think it's a very natural thing to happen. And, but it's also a thing that makes us acknowledge that we don't have all the answers and that we need help, you know, like we, we need wisdom, we need guidance. And God puts that guidance in our lives. Sometimes, you know, you scream and say, Lord, help me. But God's like, I am, you know, I, I got you a thousand people that are all older than you in your church. Maybe not a thousand, but hundreds of people, much wisdom, life lessons. Go, go talk to them. Go ask them. Go take them out to, to coffee. So let's talk to our parents, you know, let's get together, let's grow, let's become stronger. And the last, unity allows us, unity allows us to grow. Check this out. Unity allows me to grow. Me being unified with you allows me to grow, but me being unified with you also allows you to grow. So if I distance myself from, from you, right, I am distancing, I'm not just not just impeding my own growth, I'm impeding your growth. Does that make sense? By, by separating myself from a community of believers, I'm not just not learning something because someone's like, oh, well, uh, I remember Charles Spurgeon was talking to a lady, a rich lady, and she was just like very fancy, very rich, didn't need anything. And she's like, she's like, Charles, I don't need anything in my life. Like, I, I have so much money. I'm, 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 I have the, like, I'm just, I really know my, my scriptures. I've just had a wonderful life with God. So I, I haven't really needed to have all this youth, I mean, like, like church and going things, you know, I haven't needed to be part of a community. And he's like, have you ever wondered that there were then perhaps people that needed you? There were perhaps people that were actually in need of the resources you had, in need of the wisdom you had then. So it's, it's a very almost selfish thing to be uh, outside of the community that God places us into. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 16, I'm going to be closing here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Check this out. This, this, this verse is amazing. And it talks about, if we, we don't. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, um, f just listen to this. Even if you don't find it, just please listen to this. This will just blow your minds. From whom the whole body, the whole body being the church of Jesus Christ, we are the body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper, proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So we are the body of Jesus Christ. And Paul here says, listen, do you know how the body of Jesus Christ grows? The church of Jesus Christ grows? It is through me and through you. 
you supply what you have, I supply what I have, and together, us being part of the body, we are growing into this perfect and beautiful structure, the, the perfect church of Jesus Christ, a, a bride that is ready for his return. Does that make sense? So that, that is literally our function. Um, that being said, if you have not joined a cell group yet, repent. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm joking. But I'm, I'm, you know, you guys, you guys know what it is. Uh, there's, there's only, a, every joke just, is just partial joke. The rest is truth. Psalms 133.1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to live together in unity. Behold how, this is the verse I was talking about. Behold how blessed, how good, how pleasant it is for brothers to live in unity. Um, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel, they, they amaze me. And they amaze me with one thing. Um, they were always together. And the reason they were successful, I believe, the reason they were successful as generals, as warriors, as politicians, is because they were together. Is they didn't act by themselves. They didn't try to build their own name. They said, no, we are brothers, and we're going to stick together through this. And there is a story that, when, when th that just paints the perfect picture. I'm going to read this, and we're going to pray. When Abishai, Asahel's dead, Abishai and Joab are now together closer than ever, and there's, there's an army, actually two armies. Um, one army is a mercenary army that has, like, these elite fighters, and the other army is just your standard, um, like, neighbors trying to kill you army. And so there's, and Israel's, like, walked out, and they're like, Joab is the general, and he's like, dude, we're, we're going to have to fight two armies from both sides, aren't we? And Abishai's like, dude, yeah, that's what it looks like. Because the mercenaries are on one side, and the, the, army, the enemy army's on the other side, so they're like split. They're going to have to go two ways. And Joab goes, listen, Abishai, I'm going to take the, the best guys, but I'm going to attack the mercenaries, the elite warriors. You're going to take the rest of the army. You're going to attack the other guys. And he goes, and this is what he says. This is amazing. He says, if... These mercenaries are going to overwhelm me and start beating me. I'm going to need your help. But if those guys are going to start getting to you, brother, I have your back. I'm going to, get, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to come and I'm going to help you. And then he goes, after he does this pump-up speech, and he was good at pump-up speeches. I tell you, read some of those. Oh, they're good. And he goes, after all that, he goes, Let's, let me read it. Let me read it to you because I, I don't want to butcher it. Um, 2 Samuel 10, 12. Не пожалеете, trust me. Read this, не пожалеете, because this is, this is gold right here. 2 Samuel 19, or 10, 12, sorry. He said, he said, look, if the Amer Arameans are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the sons of Ammon are too strong for you, then I will come and help you. Listen, be strong. Let us show ourselves courageous for the sake of our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. Listen to what, listen to what he says. He says, we're going to fight together in unity. I'm going to help you. You're going to help me. And God from above is going to see our working together. And he's going to do what is fit, what is right in his sight. But you know what God did that day? They destroyed both the armies. Joab attacked with such fury that those mercenaries fled, and the, the real army saw that the elite people were running away, and they ran away. And so both the armies got chased away. God loves unity. The Godhead is totally unified. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, absolute unity. 
And when we are in unity, we are only representing the unity of God. When we are in unity, people around us will look at us and say, that is the church of Jesus Christ. There's nothing less that can be that than the church of Jesus Christ. United, united, together in everything we do. And that is why I'd like us to pray. And in, in this prayer, I'd like us to, for, for God to simply, add, we're, we'll just ask for one thing. For God to send down his spirit. His spirit unifies us. We don't just sit there, I'm going to be united. No. Our, our fellowship with God makes us people of unity, makes us want to be part of a community. If we don't have fellowship with God, we're going to feel disconnected to the people of God. Am I, am I not right? So we need to have fellowship with God, and then we'll be one with each other. And listen, we are one. I'm, I came here, and I saw people in the back. They're like, dude, there's not enough seats. And I'm like, I said, praise God in my mind. I didn't say anything out loud, but it's good. When, when we united, so, so let's, what, what, my, what my take is on this is, let's, I want to be real. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Number one, we have cell groups, all right? We, let's, let's, my, my hope is, is to start two more, is to start two more cell groups. And there's some people that I'm, I'm semi-praying about, like, I want to be real before God. I'm not, like, like actively praying, but I'm like, Lord, you see our need, you know? You see our need. We, we want to start these cell groups. And these cell groups are not for, for something. These cell groups are to unify us in this weird time of 2020, 2021. We have youth services. Listen, we have like 400 youth in, in church. I'm not kidding you. Like if you look at the numbers, it's 400. We, there's like 120 of us here. Where are the other 60%, 70%, maybe 80%? Where, where are the other people? We need to, and, and the, the way that this happens is we just open up to them and we allow ourselves to become conduits, mediums, where they can come through us into these services, into these ministries. And we give, give glory to God in this way, and they will glorify God with us. Let's stand. Let's pray.